Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Masters Under Dark, where three game masters get together to answer your questions about running tabletop RPGs. Uh, if you're new to this uh, platform, I'm Will, one of your GMs. I'm also joined by uh, my friends Matt and Matt. How you guys doing tonight? Doing swell. Awesome. Uh, so just some quick, you know, housekeeping. Uh, if you guys are looking for an audio-only format for the show, we are on Spotify uh, as well as Apple and Google Podcasts. And as of last week, we are also on Amazon Music. So uh, if you guys prefer a more audio-only format, definitely give us, uh, give us a look there. Tonight's episode is going to be the completion of a three-part series that we've done about world building, specifically how each of the three of us uh, do this. We started first with Matt R. Uh, last week was Matt H. And so tonight it is my turn. Uh, being the newest out of the three of us to jamming, this should be interesting. Uh, mostly because I, there's probably going to be questions that you guys have that uh, I'm not ready for. So uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when the DM smiles, it's already too late. So let's go ahead and uh, get started, guys. Uh, Normally it's me taking over, but who wants to go first asking questions? Okay, I'll go <laughs> first. So I know we set it up the last time of like, where would you like to start? So I would like to start that as well. You've made a few games, so I'm curious, where do you like to start? So for me as a new DM, one of the things I look at is um, like the monster manual uh, and try to find a mechanic or like a monster that i that intrigues me um i know we joked last week we thought matt age was going to be the mechanic guy but uh oddly enough i think uh for a new dm that's a little simpler to do because it gives you a starting point of how you want your game to go so like for me i'm doing lycanthropy we've talked about it before but there's rules like in the dm's guide in the monster manual and like how this mechanic works so it's not like you have to make something up out of the blue you actually have something to work with um as well as you know the the myriad of other tools that are in there for building towns and cities and naming things um i feel like being new using the books a little more has aided me with at least starting my world so uh, i would say if you're new you know you've got the you should have the books <laughs> at least uh you know give them a look you'll, you'll be surprised what catches your eye um and talk to your friends i've done that with you guys um i implemented a chase in a side session i did with matt h's character in uh, water deep dragon heist because he mentioned chases and i was like that seems really cool so i looked it up in the in the dmg uh dungeon master guide for those who don't know and I ran it. I don't know. It seemed pretty fun to me, at least. Um, I enjoyed I've it. Up, I, I've set up a recurring villain now just specifically for his character. So, uh, you know, I, I think using the, the tools you have and will take some of the pressure off of you. You don't have to just think of it right off the top of your head. Okay. Is there a specific monster mechanic that comes to you that uh you would want to try to make a world off of that you haven't recently oh um i i do like i know you kind of dabbled in this with art halden but the idea of uh like mind flayers or the intellect devourers which 
uh, which, oh, yeah. which we did run into uh, in, in Dragon Heist. The idea of a character being um, possessed, I guess you could say, even whether it's a specter, a ghoul, uh, a ghost, I think that kind of a mechanic would be uh, fun to work with simply because now the, I have to work with the player on that, but it's one of those things where it's an interesting thing that nobody else knows about. So it's like, you're cool 90% of the time, but there's that 10% chance where, you know, dude, why did, what happened there? And maybe, you know, maybe you don't know, you know, it, it seems like possession seems kind of cool. I, I like, I like that aspect. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I don't, I don't see the mechanic too much in the monster manual. That's just something more for me that I would like to try. So when it comes to this world building exercise, what we're doing, do you want to make a world where possession is a thing? Like yeah, I, in your story? Yeah, I, it's, I, I'm uh, off the top without getting too into I'm not the most religious individual, but uh, I am more of a historian. So like going into the, the history of like exorcisms is extremely fascinating to me. It's something that uh, I, I, I just enjoy researching. I, I don't know why. Um, so I think that's why it's, it's rad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think how, you know, using that as a mechanic of, you know, yes, in D and D you can have demons and and devils on your plane of existence. That is a thing, but how does that look when it's more subtle, when it's not as in your face necessarily? And you can look at something like uh, the Exorcist, obviously. When Linda, when Linda Blair was slowly taken over, you know, by, by that demon, that, that kind of idea of your, you know, uh, we did this in the very first game that Matt HDM for me, where I was attacked by some birds. And next thing you know, I'm, I, my character, he was like, roll a D20. And uh, I don't remember for the life of me, the name of the character I was turning into, but it, it's Wendigo. Wendigo, that's, yes. Oh, yeah. So that's um, cool. So, but this kind of slow build, the slow transformation into something other oh, that's than that's rad. Um, I, I like the idea of that. And uh, you could essentially make that person, that player, your big bad. So, when it comes to that, I don't know if Matt, do you want to add on to that? Because I, I got the next thing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've got my uh, own course of questions that, okay. uh, I'm gonna ask, so you can <laughs> so, go ahead matt or sorry will um so that's cool i like that idea i don't think i've seen that done too well or i shouldn't say too well too much is what i was going for um but the idea is uh my question is so if you got that possession idea there someone changing to be something or being taken by something um what would your next step be if they say that's the monster mechanic that you're looking at in the monster manual to build a world? Where would think, you go from next? Yeah, I, I think then I would have to decide, do I want this to be, like I said, like a player, like maybe work with uh, somebody one-on-one -on -one and it's, uh, I, I've seen this mentioned in uh, some of the stuff for um, the wear creatures uh, that they don't necessarily get like their strength increase right away or they don't get certain things right away it's like at level five you get this at level 10 you get this and like it's 
again, it, it's that's kind of what drove me to the possession idea in the first place. And if I'm not going to do a player, do I want to just make it like a king or, you know, a prince maybe? Um, you know, maybe there's a, a, a druid or a shaman that gets involved. Um, so it's figuring out who's going to be the target of so it's kind of like setting up NPCs that are related to this this monster. Potentially, yeah. And if it if it is going to be a player character, that's that's just a simple like, hey Matt, let's sit down and discuss this real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, have a second character ready, uh, <laughs> and you know. But if it is going to be an NPC, um, how high up the chain does it go? Like I said, is it maybe just is it something in a small town and the kingdom is moving into I hate to use the phrase because of the times, but to quarantine everybody, like this can't leave this area and we're here to stop it kind of a deal. So you have to decide at that point, the scope of, of your, your continent, your world, your town cities, um, that that's kind of where I, I go next, uh, kind of like what Matt was talking about last week. Uh, I want to know the mechanics first how this is going to work because it's going to depend like a possession thing you could bring in an army that's cool now everybody's possessed now there's a demon with an army (laughs) (laughs) so uh kind of knowing how you want that to work first is big for me uh in setting up everything else okay and what do you got for question so quick side note excuse me um, from what you were going with, we'll sort of continue along that thinking process. One, this campaign sounds really cool. If we go through the possession, yeah. of like, <laughs> I can definitely see it leaning to more of like an inquisition route where a church of some deity would be very prominent. If you wanted to go with something a little bit more unusual than just your standard demonic possession, definitely introduce diseases that have similar effects and then with the whole quarantining thing and if you didn't want to make it incredibly overtly religious or like didn't want to go the inquisition route you can make it to where it's a lot more alchemist and like plague doctor focused um yeah and that's that's definitely where i would sit and talk with the group who i'm going to play you know you guys we've discussed it before where I'm going to sit down and talk with you guys and say, look, is that, are there people here who are uncomfortable with, uh, while it is in-game, like religious iconography? Um, is, is that something that makes you uncomfortable? Is the thought of having some kind of um, priest of one of the gods that's, you know, that's there, does that make you uncomfortable? Um, because if it does, cool. I would probably then go more the plague doctor route um but uh growing up in southeastern united states uh religion is hard to avoid so that's much more my wheelhouse uh which for setting up something like this would be more comfortable but at the end of the day you know i'm not going to force somebody to play something they don't want to play so and plague doctors are cool i mean the the you know we i can say that now with hindsight i guess the plague wasn't cool but the idea of you know plague doctors and things like that um a lot of people you know like that aesthetic so it would be very easy to adapt a game to that 
So yeah, um, I, I, I like I like both of those ideas. <laughs> uh, so one of the questions that I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't seem to clear my throat for some reason. <clears throat> uh, when it comes to Matt and I's uh, world building approaches, we sort of have different philosophies when it comes to the player characters where Matt sort of uses his players' backgrounds as sort of like building blocks for the for the overarching world itself, where I sort of already have a pre-built world and figure out where I can sort of slot in player backgrounds. I might have to move some stuff around and change some stuff, but I basically go into a game with a more... Um, pre-generated pre-built world where uh i will say that one of matt's strengths is he uh definitely involves players a lot more than i do in world building uh i guess what would your route and take on that where where would you fall are you more of my line of thinking more of matt line of thinking or like some hybrid between the two or something completely different well i would say I probably lean more to yours in that I like to have my world kind of set up. Um, but that being said, I, I know like even in a pre-generated campaign, when we added Matt's character, who's a chef, I was just like, cool, you guys are in a tavern and he works there. Like, I, I feel like one of my strengths is that I have the ability to more do things on the fly like, I don't necessarily need to know your background right away. I need to know what do you do and how do you do it? And okay, cool. I can make that work. Um, I've kind of done that with everybody that I've just thrown into a campaign um, because one that feels more organic to me, you know what I mean? Unless it's a setting where you guys like grew up together, like, you know, then I'm going to sit like, okay, I need to know like okay you guys may have grown up together are you guys like friendly rivals do you do you guys hang out because you just have no like, there's no other kids around which is a very big possibility in the the game i'm making now um are you guys are these two best friends do they hate each other um you know what do you guys think about this that and the other i think a lot of it just depends on the setting for me because that's going to depend on uh, like for you guys at this lycanthropy game, I'm going to need to know your backgrounds. Um, mostly because one, it's very specific and streamlined for how I'm doing things. <laughs> so it's going to be very strict. Like, uh, hey guys, you can be kind of any race you want, but just know it's going to be a little odd. But how do you guys know each other? Kind of a thing. Like you grew up together. So you need to know how you know each other. And I need to know what that group dynamic is like. Um, and because there's so few... Uh, you guys are, spoiler alert, going to be playing like teenagers, like 18, like 17, 18. There's going to be a lot of drama and there's not a lot of kids your age. Like it's just you guys. So, okay. so the dynamic, like who gets along with who is very important. Um, and it's going to be hard, harder to introduce somebody who wasn't there at the beginning into that kind of a game because now I have to like, depending on where you guys are at in the world, I have to make it make sense for that. So it's a lot of work on me, but I like to do both. So it, it, it really just depends on the setting that I go with. Okay. So uh, far, how far in the world building process do you think you're ready 
because uh, if they're giving you backstory, um, like, did you want to try to implement that right away? So do you need some more time to create a world? Or uh, do you just want to jump in and kind of improvise? Um, like, for, like for right now, I've kind of got a map. I've got names of cities um, and, and towns and stuff like that. Um, I have the specific creatures you guys are going to run into, at least the big ones. Um, but because a lot of this is taking place in, uh, like I said, in like a small area, I would definitely like more want your guys' background before we started. Because, you know, if that's going to that's gonna set up a, a lot down the line as far as the creek, like I might have to change a creature or two that you run into. Because if you're, uh, if you're very type A and you're go, 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 okay, well, there's a creature that I have in mind for that, that I mean, you know, is like waiting in the wings, you know what I mean? So I can easily plug it in once I know your character's motivations. And so then I can adapt the game that way. So I'm, I'm actually relatively close. I've got one big bad guy. Unfortunately, there's several for you guys to deal with. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm making some headway on that, but it's, you know, I'm definitely taking my time. You know, it's the first time. Um, you guys know I, I jumped in feet first into this DM thing, was not really as prepared as I could have or should have been, but, you know, you learn. That's I, I, all say, don't feel bad. Yeah, I would say so. Um, anybody who's afraid, uh, I would say find a pre written adventure. Curse of Strahd, Dragon Heist are usually considered the two best written ones, and just go. <laughs> I would say don't stress homebrewing. That's what I did. I was, it was daunting. It still kind of is. And I was just like, let me do something that some, somebody's already written. Because it's going to be easier to learn and adapt to my style as I make mistakes than trying to come up with a world and not understand how any of it works. Um, now I have a better understanding. It's making my world building easier. So, okay. So, sort of, you mentioned the running pre written stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to you running pre written games, um, about how how close to the source material do you say would you stick to it? Are you a hundred percent like this is what the book says? Like this is where you're going next? Do you make up entire sections? Do you sort of let the players decide and then elaborate off of what they want to do? I guess like where where is your cutoff point when it comes to player material or player material? Um, what's written the actual written material and like official adventure versus player agency um so i like to stick to what is written um i i i will say that right now like you guys have done a pretty good job of embracing the story um in that i'm able to okay this is happening this is happening um okay oh like you guys stayed and wanted to run the, the tavern for several weeks. Uh, okay, cool. I was able to incorporate uh, kind of rival the guy that you guys got arrested. <laughs> and uh, that was all cool. Like I was very easily able to do that. I think if you guys had just been like, oh no, we're not interested in running a tavern. I would have just moved on to the next thing. 
but by be, by wanting to do that, it allowed me to add something that was an option um, and finding interesting ways to make it work. You guys uh, adding uh, another player who was able to speak to animals <laughs> in the form of being a druid definitely was like, oh, that changes how I'm going to introduce these guys. But, you know, I, I don't think you guys knew that until just now that I was not prepared for that. I was just like, yeah, cool. She talks to animals like this. This is how this is going to work. <laughs> and I, 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 I was able to leave enough breadcrumbs that you guys could figure out the, the identity of the people involved and go from there. So I think it just depends on the group. Uh, this group, though, is really you guys are really good about letting me stick to the source material um but still challenging me in a way where it's like and this is not in the book i don't know uh <laughs> and i think that's where just reading ahead and knowing where the story is supposed to go comes in um you know i read whatever chapter or section i'm in i read far enough ahead that i'm like okay we have a lot of shenanigans so we're not going to get as far as a lot of groups in a three-hour game so i'm like i know we can get to about here i need to know just enough to lead you guys there for the next session so you know it, it just depends on the shenanigans i guess but i do try to stick close to what's written okay do you when it comes to larger ideas of we talked about religion into your world do you think about that at roughly about the same time you thought about your villain or because it's or the monster and its possession idea uh going to that example again or is that further down the line because that could set up quite a bit of a, of a world yeah so um i definitely look at it in terms of the 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 big bad i think that's important because uh like writing your own pc's background that is a part of their background so if i'm going to make um i think i told you guys that a little bit because you guys are good, like I said, about playing into the story. Anyways, my big bad uh, has essentially made a deal with a god. Um, even though he, you know, so there's like, that was a part, I was like, this needs to be, this is very important in the story as a whole, but his story specifically, and it's going to shape uh, how he interacts with the world, both the big bad and the god. I know based on reading the, the wikis and everything else, how they typically interact. Um, and so I can definitely, that's, that's easy enough to implement. Um, but how is that going to affect you guys? How is it going to affect every, every, every facet of the game? And is there for, you know, in, there's, if there's dark, there's got to be light. So now I have to find a, a God to, to kind of be the antithesis of the bad guy. And how do they interact with you guys? Um, how helpful are they? Are they just kind of a, a disembodied like, hey guys, you're good? Or are they more involved? You know what I mean? So I, I, that, to me, that's very important to figure out early on because it's gonna set the tone for a lot of, um, a lot of how you plan. I got a... I guess it's vague enough to be a hard question. Um, <laughs> what inspires a theme for you? Um, a lot of it is is I, 
I'm just a, a, a student of history. Um, I'm, I'm in school now, but the first time I went to college, that's what I studied was history. Uh, I prefer uh, American history, but up to like the Civil War and, and the founding of the country. That was always big. But, um, you know, my, my grandmother is Japanese. So that culture is extremely uh, full of just different stories and, and boogeymen and things like that. And, um, you know, again, growing up in the South, my family grew up, you know, we weren't super religious, but we, you know, we were taught right and wrong via the Bible. Um, so I, I, I just like to read and I like to have as much information as I can. Um, you guys know, because of my over-preparedness, sometimes that's a bad thing, but it's my creative process when I need a starting point is what what am I going to get bored reading this this material as I'm researching it because if I'm going to get bored I'm not going to do it I want to be as enamored by the research and the, the information I'm trying to gather for you guys as I hope my game becomes if that makes sense if I'm not having a good time researching this I'm not going to have a good time making this game you guys are not yeah. going to have playing so it, it has to you know, sometimes I'm like you, like, I'll just go on Wikipedia and then like, look at the front page and it'll have like news stories from the last, you know, 50, 60, 100 years. And I'll just be like, that seems cool. And I'll just start reading about it. And I'm like, that's horrific. But I would have never known if I didn't look. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. or just even the news today, I check the news about three or four times a day. And I favored a lot of articles, just because I'm like, I like it, it might not be, you know, the most interesting to somebody else, but for me, this is interesting and inspiration can come from anywhere. <laughs> so I'm going to hold on to this for a rainy day and maybe use it for something. That's why my whole entire bookmark catalog and my computers like massive and unorganized. <laughs> so that's oh. what I Dude, unorganized. <laughs> I am not. I have folders <laughs> for my bookmark bar. I, uh, <laughs> unorganized, I am not, but that's, but that's a difference in our styles. I'm, you know, it works for you. Your style works for you. Mine works for me. Um, I think that's the beauty of playing this game or any tabletop game is the source materials are there, whether it's a dungeon master's guide, player's handbook, um, whatever version of whatever game you're playing, that's all there. But at the end of the day, it's your imagination. Um, I've told you guys before, I'm not the most creative person, so I have to read the books. I have to research these things because otherwise I won't get anywhere, but that's cool. The, the, the material is there for me to use and I take full advantage of it. So, you know, that's, that's uh, kind of my thing. Okay. Uh, question. So say you're making a game and this mm -hmm. sort of incorporates uh, session zero actually into world building. Mm -hmm. um, so you're making a game and it has a very heavy uh, spider focus to it. Maybe Lolf is the main antagonist. The cultists are trying to turn people into driders. Very arachnid. Okay. And during a session zero, one of your players brings up like, hey, I have severe arachnophobia and I don't want any spiders or driders or anything like that in my game. 
when it comes to your world, would you try to accommodate that and move some things around, maybe change the God, maybe the cultists are turning them into, you know, like war forges and there are different types, maybe they're like a cult to mechanists or something like that. Or would you ask that player to be like, hey, I sort of already planned this. So unless anybody else is going to run, this is the world that I've already built. You don't have to play in it if it makes you uncomfortable. Or is there some sort of compromise in the middle that you would try to reach with that player? Um, I think it, the setting would depend on that. So if I'm very much doing like an underdark kind of thing where the drow and Arachnid, you know, Spider Queen, that's kind of hard. Like, man, I've already got this. We're going to have to figure something out. Whereas if it's like, uh, to, you could still use that, but like above, you know, uh, you know, in the normal day-to-day -day world, there's enough gods that have enough people that worship them that I feel like I could like, okay, hold on. We might have to push the game back a couple weeks, but like you said, I could plug and play. Um, one of the, um, one of the, I think it's the essentials kit actually has that where one of like the main bad over several stories are uh, worshipers of Talos, you know, the storm God. And that's kind of an, well, I could substitute that with um, just about anybody. I, I don't know the Pantheon <laughs> that well, you know, I've, I haven't re researched it, but I, I know that there are some gods who don't do a lot of worship. There are some that do. Um, so it'd just be a matter of, okay, which gods like to be worshipped, uh, and okay, cool, let's make that work. So I think it just depends on the setting, um, how much of a compromise there is, because uh, I'm sure you've had this happen, you know, if I've, if I've got a specific setting in mind and a specific creature just has to be it, that's kind of tough. So um, I think another thing is just always having multiple games going, which is kind of what we do. <laughs> and so it's like, this game's not ready. We're not going to do this because I haven't had a chance to talk to everybody about it. Um, I've talked to you guys about my, my wear creature game, pretty much just you guys, but nobody else knows really about it other than I'm making it because I'm not ready to sit down with everybody and have that discussion yet. <laughs> so um, I, I think it just depends. The setting is the big thing for me. All righty. No. Matt, but, you got any other questions? When it comes to, my cat's meowing. <laughs> when it comes to setting and uh, being, uh, what's the word, accommodating players that, that are like that, um, would you homebrew everything, anything specifically for them to just make sure they're comfortable? I think, like I said, I think I would try to, but it, it there are some set, you know, you, like you talked about when using uh, certain creatures, like, you know, if this is a, a water creature, we got to have water. If it's a ground, you know, if they burrow, we got to have ground. It's kind of the same concept of if you're going to be heavily, you know, of course, a lot of it depends on how close you stick to the lore, but say somebody has is claustrophobic and you're talking about doing a, a, an exploration of a mountain with very tight spaces because maybe gnomes or dwarves live there. You, you know, like if you kind of already have that in mind, maybe you could just have 
okay, you maybe you guys only need to go into one really tiny. Um, oops, my phone's going off for some reason. Um, maybe you got you know maybe you guys need to go down one tiny hole and then it opens up to a big cavern. So it's like, hey, can you can you handle the one thing? You know what I mean? Even though that's not how I had it planned, maybe I had I was gonna have you guys traverse like a almost like you know the ant farms. Like there's a bunch of little places you know maybe there's just one big one or maybe you guys could investigate and find a bigger opening so i, I think i would like to think i'm i would be accommodating um for sure but like i said sometimes it's really hard if you've if you're especially if you're using a pre-made kind of world that's why i kind of brought up the underdark like that's got a very specific aesthetic to it uh that's kind of hard to break so you know maybe avoid using something that specific. <laughs> right. Even though it's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I think session, session zero should be pretty amplified, amplified. Just because, because, because yeah. of all that. And then you can figure out what kind of story they want. So like, if they were to change of the idea that you had from going on like a big old adventure to just doing a dungeon crawl would your story that you would have pre-written before session zero be able to accommodate that uh definitely because i i always try to again this is the planner in me is and it's why it's taking so long to play to, to get this game set up is i know when you guys get from a to b there needs to be things to do and I know that there are some people who really love the combat, uh, Matt H. And there are people who love the RP, Matt R. And not that we don't like the other portions of it, but you have to make sure that you have a little bit for everybody. And okay, the, the role will, can the role playing lead to the other things? I think is an important thing as well. It's cool that I have all this role play opportunity for people who like role play, but then if the combat is you fight one goblin, that's not like, I like one, I wasted everybody's time, but especially the person who wanted combat, like now you're just angry. <laughs> like you're, you're just mad. So you, you have to have it make sense. Um, I feel like they have to work together. And um, I know you and I talked about that matt are in your session like at least having a dungeon ready if that's what they would prefer to do um then just saying like you have to do this because you can always put ruins somewhere <laughs> ruins are easy to place i feel like in almost any world that if they wanted a dungeon i can give you a dungeon <laughs> I know when it comes to my worlds, I like to, especially when players are like, we want combat and role playing. I try to incorporate both of them at the same time. So when it comes to your world um, and fitting everybody's everybody's wants, um, do you feel pressured when making a world to be with? Is that like something that you think of right away? I don't want to say, I, I do think about it, but I don't feel pressure because I think it's, it depends on, on, uh, on the location, like location, location, location. So if you're amongst a people, a group of people that are like, we'll say uh, to use alignment here, like lawful good, they uphold the law, 
great, you know, like the most upstanding of upstanding people, the odds that like a fist fight is going to break out over something is relatively low. So I have to find a way to then introduce that conflict of something that maybe not necessarily like chaotic evil, but like I have to find a way to introduce the conflict. Maybe they're lawful good, but their village was attacked by whatever creature, or maybe there was a natural disaster and that has unearthed something, a uh, magical item and it's causing problems and they don't know how to stop that problem. Um, and I always feel like if you, if you are say more combat oriented, that's easy to set up through travel as well. You know what I mean? You're traveling along the road and goblins, bandits, you know, that's, I mean, just for the basic examples, but I can set, set up a combat thing while you guys are getting from point A to point B. Even, even if, you know, point B is not going to have a ton of combat, I can get you, I, I feel like I can find a way to get you what you need to hold you over until it's time for more combat or same with RP. Um, but I also think that's partially on the group as well. How much do they buy into it? You know, if I set up, if I set up a combat situation and, you know, maybe it's not the best, you know, best thing, you know, maybe I didn't do a good job, but I feel like that's where the uh, input from the group comes in at the end of the session. You guys know this. I ask you guys almost all the time, like, what'd you guys think? And if you're like that combat was trash, you know, I hope you'd be nicer than that. But, <laughs> but I mean, if it was that's a quote, that bad, that's a quote you, for me, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you guys like, I felt like that was not your best encounter. Okay. What would you have liked to have seen instead? And I feel like as a, I don't care if you're new or old, I feel like as a DM, if you close yourself off to that kind of feedback, and I'm not talking about just somebody who's like complaining to complain, like, I didn't like that. Well, why? It was just stupid. I don't like that. I'm very much, we need to solve the problem. So cool. You don't like it. What would you like to see next time? And that seems kind of crass, but I don't like people who complain just for the sake of complaining. I'm doing this for you guys. So if you don't like it, tell me what you want, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and I, you can't always accommodate, you know, you guys know that, that you can try, can't always but I definitely can't do it if you don't say anything. So I, I'd rather you say something. And even if I'm like, oh, okay, at least now I know next time I can do better by doing this instead. And that will make me a better DM and a, you know, a better player ultimately, because now I, I have an idea of how these things should work and what I can do next time I'm not running a game. So I feel like feedback is important. So DMs, I don't care how long you've done this. These guys are great about it. Like they ask questions. Feedback is key. <laughs> you got to know what's going on. Yeah. I know when, when the character doesn't give you backstory, do you try to put these, put like some, some story to them? Like try to contextualize a little bit of their backstory how would you go about that um so one of the things that i learned from you actually uh matt was that that list of like questions you can ask at a session zero and uh i know i i did that when we when uh at least the initial group for for dragon heist you know i sat down and did that 
Um, but they're still one of the players uh, who didn't necessarily give me like a ton to work with. It was all very much kind of the same. Whereas Matt gave me a lot to work with, uh, with his character. Um, and, and so I think if, again, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at like off the cuff throwing things out there. So if you're not going to give me something, um, I'll throw it out there, see if it sticks. And if you don't like it, cool. We'll talk about this after the session and, you know, as adults try to figure out like, okay, you didn't like this, but I don't have anything to work with. So can we maybe work on something and we'll come back to it, you know, later, maybe next week, maybe in a couple of days and we'll sit and talk about the ideas you had for your character. Cause I don't like to throw things at some people necessarily, but there, I feel like there does come a point when like it's a game of make-believe, but you have to have make-believe goals, family, friends, <laughs> you know, or if you don't have them, why don't you have them? That's that's just as important as as having them. Uh, that's why I love, and I told you I talk about it ad nauseum, I think, but in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, there's a section called uh, This Is Your Life. And it's a bunch of tables you can roll on that give you like, you like it even starts with the very first thing is, do you know your parents, yes or no? because a lot of people go with the orphan background. I mean, not everybody's an orphan. <laughs> not How many everybody. damn orphans do you think are out here? <laughs> right. And so I, I use that table uh, with every character I make, I've made since I've got the book. Um, and if you were to go into D&D Beyond and look at my character backstories, like you can tell, like with uh, your game, Art Halden, I didn't have the book. So my character's background was like really made up on the fly, but like the character for uh, Matt H's game that he's doing kind of uh, the Mad Max style game, go look at that character. And I basically have like a two page essay on my dude's background. Now, when introducing my, my character to you guys, am I gonna give everybody all of that? No, I'm, I'm gonna pick out the things that are important and leave some of that behind as my character character building throughout the story but it gives me something to work with, you know? Like I got nine siblings in your cowboy game, man. I got, I told you I got nine siblings. Let's do something with that. You know what I mean? Like I got all that from that table. I'm the oldest of nine. There's 10 of us. Like there's gotta be something there. <laughs> so um, I, I feel like if you're not super, like you're not super strong in that kind of background, you know, I, I roll on the tables it gives me the info but then i write it out as like here's my parents names here's this that and the other i really you know i take the time to embellish upon it it's just something to get me started and each character is different that's kind of a nice part too so um they're not always the same so try try to use your resources as best you can but if at the end of the day they're not going to give me something to bring it back if they're not going to give me backstory I will just throw something out there <laughs> and, you know, kind of go see where it goes. <laughs> Do you have a question, Matt? Uh, I was actually going to ask a time question. Um, well, we're, we've, we've, we, we're, we're past the time. I stopped the timer forever ago. I don't even know where we're at right now. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
This is the long episode, everyone. Yeah, this is your guys' <laughs> one, you know, we're trying to do one one a month uh, super long episode. It looks like this one's it <laughs> for <laughs> September. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you guys have any other questions or, I mean, I'm sure we, we all talk about this all the time, so. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's questions? about it. I mean, I figure, feel like based off what you said when it comes to focusing on a monster, not even necessarily the big bad, so that's what you're focused on, but just a monster and how it uh, is reflected into the world, then building it to your NPCs. Those are things we've talked about on the show before. And like with the big bad guy, then I know with my episode, I talk about creating NPC first, that kind of thing. And then like you, you would naturally expand on those ideas, like whether it's a king or a villager, you would expand on those. And then we talked about religion and, and stuff. And I feel like that, those kind of concepts, those higher concepts of what do the people believe in, um, that that can really be like the driving force in what makes a world. Because I mean, maybe maybe it's not like a God that they believe in, but maybe they believe in like, uh very harsh um manners like you have to have manners and like then you just talk about like why and then <laughs> that would build a world from that and so um that's great and then of course player's input so i feel like you stepped on a lot of things that we've talked about um but you do it in your own way and definitely for my standard way more intricate than what i would go into <laughs> Yeah, that that that's the yeah. Like I said, that's the uh, the historian in me. I just I, I research, 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 and you know, it, part of that is picking apart what what is relevant and what isn't, and you know, ult- ultimately ma- making it fun. You know, I know I talk to you guys, and you guys are like, no, that's a cool idea. All right, cool. I was on the fence about it, but if you guys like it. It's ultimately your game, so we're going with it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I've said it multiple times, but uh, for any new DMs, like I said, just talk to your players. We, we say it every week. Session zeros, which I know we've talked about, uh, I think, doing an episode on on that. And like how, and it's we've, we've talked about a lot, but exactly how important that is. Um, but just feedback, man. Be willing to take it and don't take it personal. Um, I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people, but you know, if you really want to play this game long term, um, whether it's a player or a DM, uh, don't take it personal um, unless somebody's just being super rude about it. <laughs> um, and hopefully you don't have a group like that. Oh, Bean's first appearance on the show. Hi, Bean. Bean. Uh, I feel like she's been in the background before. <laughs> might have been. That's was, first, first official. Um, <laughs> she was invisible there for a second and you were yeah. petting her and it looked like you were just petting the air for a second <laughs> it did, yep, it did. just like that there you go <laughs> but, uh, all right, guys, well, uh, <laughs> uh, if that's it we'll uh, you know anything else before we you know we wrap up the show tonight I think you made your world <laughs> all righty guys well uh we hope everybody enjoys this a uh, little bit longer episode we're, we're gonna try to do like one of these a month where we have a little bit longer more free form format it just so happened these guys were gonna 
they wanted to grill me a little on being the newbie in world making and uh, <laughs> i really did enjoy it uh you know all, all joking aside it did give me a lot to think about um so I, I appreciate that and i hope this gives everybody else something to think about as well um as always if you enjoyed the episode you know like comment subscribe uh we're going to keep putting these out one one video a week uh remember you can find us all over spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon now uh, we do also have a patreon up and running so uh if you'd like to support the show in other ways you know check that out as well and uh we will see you guys next week everybody have a great weekend yeah Hi, buddy.